You're listening to Box Office Bros. Starring Corey Osborne. It's a party every week, baby. Embarrass me in front of Corey. How many of these guys are named Corey? And Chance Oliver. Are you prepared to take that chance? I think you ought to know what our chances are. You had your chance and you blew it. Let's start the show. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Hold on to your butts. Showtime, a-holes. Oh, hello there. How's it going? It's the Box Office Bros Podcast. It's your boy, Corey Osborne in the house. I don't know why I did that like a Def Jam comic. I'm like, yo, it's your boy. What's the deal with sharks? Why do we fear sharks? You're more likely to ki- you're more likely to get killed on the on the subway. Oh, sharks. Anyways. <laughs> and then we have Chance Oliver in the house. Hey, what's up, Chance? How's it going, man? Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, you know, uh it's like hot enough to melt you know things that shouldn't be melting outside right now uh, no, the last few days wrong. uh you know climate change it's not real it's fine don't worry about it don't even think about it but i'm good overall you're right C- climate change is not real globalists is, uh yeah like it's it's a it is a um ploy from the um globalists like you said to scare us and everything like that you know like like it is not real it is 110 billion percent not real <laughs> it's not a thing don't it worry not, about it it's like do do not worry about it said putin do not worry about that freudine <laughs> <laughs> but anyways we have a great show lined up for y'all today we are talking about we're doing our quick thoughts on space jam we're going to be talking about how Scarlett Johansson is, uh, or uh, Disney's apparently been a naughty, naughty boy or gal. Naughty mouse. I don't know the gender of Disney, but anyways, um, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney. So, uh, and then we're going to talk about how Suicide Squad's getting some pretty cool reviews, and we are also going to be chatting about how Chance and I's most anticipated film of the year, Dune has released a trailer and spoiler alert it changed my life anyways <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're also going to talk about some of the previews uh folks over at slash film shout out to them if you ever need to read any really good um film editorials or film reviews or anything like that go to slash film great website anyways um they um got the chance to watch the first the first uh, 35 minutes of dune which means i color me jealous um but yeah, there's um, they're able to do that. So they talked about those first 35 minutes, which is pretty dope. And, you know, I'm going to like talk a little bit about that, but not too much because I don't want to get too much into spoilers or anything right. like that for people who haven't read the book or anything like that. Or and, seen the movie from like 1985. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And we're also going to talk, uh, talk about, you know, the Spider-Man trailer and you know, why it might be a big deal or why it might not be a big deal on the fact that we haven't gotten the new Spider-Man uh, No Way Home trailer. So, yeah, with that down and out, let's get into the news. Dude, maybe we should actually get like a sound cue for the new for that part. Like, 
So the question is, would we edit it in or would we do it like actualize we're recording? I think I think it should be something that you edit in. I, okay. But I'm not sure. We can we we, we No, we I think could. editing in would be ten times we, easier. Yeah, that that it, it probably would. <laughs> do I look like I can afford a soundboard? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. You do, Chance. But oh, thank you. With that said, uh Chance, let's get right into our first um topic. Our short review for Space Jam. What did you think of Space Jam? Chan- uh, but for, first of all, Chance and I went on a nice little lunch date, and then we watched uh, Space Jam last week. Yes, and we did. It was it was it was a good time. It was good hanging out with you, n- with like no podcast stuff. Right. You know exactly. what I mean. So it was it was really cool. I just wanted to appreciate I uh, appreciate your friendship so much. But anyway, I appreciate your friendship, bro. Oh, thanks, man. But hey, what <laughs> was um how, what what did you what are your initial thoughts of Space Jam? Um, it's like it knows that it's a stupid cash grab, but also it doesn't like there's some points of this movie where it's very self-aware of how dumb it is. Mm-hmm. And there's some points where it's just like, nah, we're not dumb. Like, I think this movie is. I think this movie is more so a commercial for LeBron than it is for well, actually, I don't know. It's a commercial for LeBron and Warner Brothers, and I'm not necessarily sure it's a a commercial for the Looney Tunes. Um, no, for sure. This movie is probably everything you expect it to be. Um, but at the same time, it's still fun to laugh at for, like, ironic reasons. Like, uh, kind of how, like, Attack of the Clones is fun to laugh at. No, for sure. Um, it's just back when they're, when Attack of the Clones, when they're just, like, rolling in their mm-hmm. uh, in the grass and they're like oh, Annie <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh i would say this film is it's enjoyable to like watch in a like a certain sense like kids will love this movie i guarantee it um like there's a lot of things that i could nitpick but i'll let you give like your first thoughts first Corey. Oh yeah, well thanks. I um okay, here's my thing. Here's the thing about Space Jam. Um I never really watched the Space Jam, the first Space Jam movie all that like religiously as a kid. I know mm-hmm. I've seen it like once or twice, but uh, it's nothing that it re- nothing that I remembered. So it wasn't necessarily for me even back then. Um with that said, um corporate synergy is a thing and corporate synergy can be done correctly and you want to know what company did corporate synergy correctly um that would be uh, warner brothers when they made the lego movie and <laughs> they needed more lego movie as far as the cleverness mm-hmm. going into this so maybe don't get somebody who's willing to just kind of be a hack like i'm sorry i don't know i i I don't know that who wrote the script and i don't know who directed it i don't really care to be completely honest i saw that ryan coogler uh was producing um but you know but you know what producing means producing can mean um you're in there all the time watching the dailies giving notes everything like that um and it could also mean that you're just in there with name only but with that said it's just like in the Lego movie, you saw all those Warner Brothers properties and you saw even more like you saw all those properties come together and it was funny. It was clever. A matter of fact, like Chance, we just watched um, the Lego Batman movie and they probably even mm-hmm. did it better than the Lego movie in that movie. And yeah. so it's like one of those things where um, 
like those writers really had a good hold on how to like reference something and make it a part of the story instead of just making it the background of a story because yeah it was like yeah we saw like all these different people in the background and we saw all these different things and like wow that's cool i know that character oh wow that's cool i know that character but what's the fucking point you know like what's Mm -hmm. the point at that like 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 it makes no sense for um it makes no sense for you to have like the thing is if you have all these intellectual properties it it should have some weight to it but with that said i'm gonna hop off of that um soapbox and actually talk about lebron um he's very boring in the movie um he it's annoying because he has he actually does have not like i want to say that he has acting chops but he could be better like he gen- and he has been better on things that he ha- he wasn't the on screen like for instance um have you ever seen Trainwreck? He was way better in Trainwreck. Exactly. He was way better in Trainwreck. And it was like one of those things where I guess it's like direction and everything, but they just expected it to be like, "Oh yeah, he's LeBron, he'll be okay." He doesn't have that natural charisma that um Michael Jordan has. So you really have to so you really have to take him out of there and find himself in situations that he can be as a performer because i really like lebron but it's just like he just needed to get something better there and that's i don't know i don't know if it's nostalgia because the thing is if we threw michael uh, michael jordan into a movie now maybe we i'd probably not be saying the same thing or anything like that but like with his like classic mentality he was just Mm -hmm. a charming dude on screen even though he wasn't an actor but you know it is what it is (laughs) And like Michael Jordan likes to roast people, especially as he's gotten older. So I wonder how it would be just to like mean old Michael Jordan versus younger, still kind of mean Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, Dude, that would be amazing. I want. I wonder if LeBron did so well in Trainwreck because he had Bill Hader to bounce off of. Because he had a lot of good. Because he didn't just have that. He had um, Judd Apatow. That's uh, right. Even though um, Amy Schumer kind of sucks and she steals jokes from people, she is still a what like what with whatever you say about Amy Schumer, as crappy as she can be as like you know a performer, she or as like a comedian and what she's done, she's still a really good performer. <laughs> like right. she like she she gets the job done. She's the whole shtick of oh yeah. I'm the drunk girl who has problems and everything like that. And it works. Like she does she, she does that role well. And mm-hmm. I really like Trainwreck. Like and Judd Apatow makes good movies. So it's like one of those things where it's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> also, John Cena's probably in that movie for less than five minutes, but is iconic. That's somebody who I <laughs> that's somebody who I have to always talk about. John Cena is fantastic. And like and I can't wait to see um uh, we're we're getting to see um, Suicide Squad next week. I'm excited about. Yes, that. we are. I don't but, have work for Shersies. So. Yes, that's dope. That's dope. But we're um, but yeah, it's a ton of fun watching um, like Trainwreck and everything like that, and seeing uh, seeing like how the like the has are such a good cast. Now looking through it, but yeah, Jed Apatow is really talented. So like that's I think that has to do with lebron doing better Mm -hmm. but like i don't know it's just that um space jam was just it was a very basic story 
it seemed like it was like a I don't know like a LeBron like we I remember a you LeBron made the comment movie. yeah you made the comment that it was more of a LeBron movie than a Space Jam movie and that shouldn't necessarily be the case when there's a ton of like if they wanted to make a LeBron biopic <laughs> just make a LeBron biopic that's serious don't make it into a Space Jam movie <laughs> well I think they were trying to like shoehorn a lesson in there yeah it's where a like silly. it's like you know family and stuff like that like i'm pretty sure we made the dominic toretto jokes while we were watching it uh how lebron's like you know makes his kid hate the sport or whatever or something like that and uh i don't know going more into it uh so i'll go into a few things um don Cheadle is algae rhythm algorithm <laughs> yeah if you didn't catch it algae rhythm algorithm uh I found him enjoyable just because, like, Don Cheadle hamming it up isn't really something you see very often. Like, Don Cheadle's either a war machine or something super depressing, like, when he's in movies. Like, uh, I know a lot of people like to like dunk Hotel on Hotel Rwanda. Hotel Rwanda. I know a lot of people like to dunk on Crash, but I enjoyed Crash, okay? Um, I mean, we can, you we can go into what? You would enjoy Crash. I would. I would no, enjoy I'm, Crash. I'm just kidding. It, it because the thing is, is uh, a lot of people see Crash as like, um, like you know, diverse communities from the uh, <laughs> like from the lens of white people. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> like that's literally what a lot of like like um, POC people are. Well, like how that's how they view crash. It is a, it didn't really deserve the Oscars that it got to be fair, but it's still an okay movie. <laughs> no, I feel like if crash hadn't won, it would have been viewed a lot better because yeah. like, cause when crash come out, Oh four, what? So it probably just like super got in the way of like a better movie, probably winning best picture. If I had to get here, I'll look up. Uh, yeah. It came out in Oh four. Yeah, so I wonder. Here, I'll look that up in a bit. But like, so Algie yeah, one best, yeah, one best picture and one best writing of original screenplay, which I do not agree with. Um, and <laughs> it won uh, best film editing, which is questionable. But anyways, <laughs> oh, I know why. You want to know why? Uh, because let's see, two thousand four nominees for best picture were. Master and the Commander, The Far Side of the World, Sea Biscuit, The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, oh, Mystic River, no. Lost. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, Return of the King should have won. <laughs> yeah, if I'm, if, or maybe that would that have been the 2003 ones though. Maybe. Uh, okay. Here, I'll look at it again. Because uh, I thought Return of the King did win, didn't it? I thought it did. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's what I thought. I was like thinking to myself right after I said that. Well. In 2003 is the two towers, so... Oh, yeah. That's true. Nerds could still be mad about it. No, for sure. But it's like... I don't know. But... Uh, with, like, regardless of all that, it's just... Um, what were you having to say about Space Jam? Oh, just like... Uh, I found Algae Rhythm enjoyable for a while. Um, just like how... Because like, basically the premise is LeBron's son gets sucked into... The, the Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers, the Warner Brothers server verse, the server verse. And I was just like, God damn it. So basically LeBron has to play a game to save his son from the server verse, which algae rhythm is in charge of. And basically the server verse 
is has all your favorite properties that just so happen to be streaming on HBO Max. Um, like you've got the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you've got Game of Thrones, you got DC. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't throw Lord of the Rings in there, to be completely honest. Um, you got the Matrix. Everything is just. I understand why Ready Player One was trending every time this movie dropped the trailer. Because it's basically the same thing. It's like, hey, remember this? Uh, yes, movie. I do remember it quite fondly. Go on. Um, I don't know. This movie is its just kind of weird. Like, it's weird in a good way and a bad way. Like, this movie... I don't know. I'll, okay, I guess to speak briefly on the Looney Tunes, I enjoyed them to an extent. I really liked it. When it was all, all the animated bits, like the 2D animated parts are really good. Like, like LeBron, even LeBron is an, like a 2D cartoon looks pretty good. Yeah, um, they, they really should have stuck to more of that kind of stuff. And like making uh, it like shiny and new looking. You yeah, know? like the CG. Oh, and like uh, when they went to the DC universe, they used like the Paul Dini, Bruce Tim stuff. And I was just like, man, this looks amazing. Um. I really wish they had like Tim Daly like talking because uh, like they had like all those old designs as like Superman from the 90s and stuff. And they look so great. Uh, basically, they use all these properties that you love as like a recruiting tool for all the Looney Tunes that they were missing. Um, and uh, so basically you get Foghorn Leghorn is like dressed as Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Granny uh-huh. is... Granny's the one in the Matrix. Uh, uh, Elmer Fudd and Sylvester are in Austin Powers. Uh, what else was there? Daffy was Superman in the DC universe. It's just, it was a little much because like they were super like shallow references that I don't think kids would understand. You know, um, honest to God, this movie is just exactly what I expected at the end of the day when I saw the trailer. Like I don't, it is, it it is, it's, it's exactly what it is. Exactly what you're going to get from it. You're going to get a lot of that. You're going to get that cash grab. You're going to get that star and LeBron. And you know, the thing is, it's like, eh, were people even going to watch this movie? Uh, if we had a full theatrical release, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Lola Bunny was there. Of course, they were going to. Actually, Lola Bunny apparently did not have big bazonka honkas, so <laughs> people uh, weren't going to watch it because of that travesty. <laughs> Unbelievable! I will say the part where they introduced Wonder uh, uh, Lola with like that Wonder Woman scene. That animation was so cool. No, that was pretty cool. Like, I wish they'd make, like, a Wonder Woman animated movie with that, like, animated style. That was cool. No, uh, like, like, we cannot deny that a lot of work, and on all movies, even, like, not-so-good ones, there mm-hmm. was a lot of work done in this movie that was really great and really well done. Even the 3D CGI stuff was well done. I just think that it could have benefited more from what made the classic Space Jam special. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. even all putting nostalgia aside, because I think a lot of people have nostalgia goggles with Space Jam, because Space Jam, quite frankly, it's always kind of sucked. So it's like one of those things where, um, yeah, I don't know. 
You know what was funny though? Like, do you remember how um do you remember how like everyone was mad that Pepe Le Pew wasn't in this movie? Or how they removed Pepe Le Pew? Yeah. Well, I completely forgot about this, but like weren't those like uh those dudes from a clockwork orange in the movie? Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> That's Pepe Le Pew gets the bench, but yeah. you put the. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's like, hey, it's like these guys who are murderers. Like, they're like they're okay. Like it, it's <laughs> it's references like that. Like uh, like they put. I think they put every Hanna Barbera cartoon that could in the final. Because like in the final scene, they have like people from the real world. But they also have like. This, like, like I said, Ready Player One scene of like, you know, the Iron Giant and DC characters, like Tim Burton's DC characters, a lot of them. And so you got Fred Flintstone, you got Scooby-Doo, the Jetsons. And I'm just like, okay. And then like you see like even ones like Jabberjaw. And I'm just like, what five-year-old knows who Jabberjaw is? You're probably like, a 22-year-old probably doesn't know who the hell Jabberjaw is. He's a... Cartoon Shark from Hanna-Barbera, by the way. Yeah. No, uh, I, I know who Jabberjaw is. Like, I was just like, what the fuck is Jabberjaw doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, and... they, like, I'm surprised they didn't get Daniel Radcliffe to, like... No, Daniel Radcliffe really doesn't do that sort of stuff. I wasn't... I'd be surprised if they didn't have, like, even more stuff. Like, I'm surprised that, like, they didn't, like tap in some of the characters is like oh yeah iron giant go for the dunk or something like that because i mean let's be real it'd probably be the least offensive thing that yeah uh, iron giant has been bastardized for <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> Ready like, one. yeah it's it, it is yeah i guess it is what it is um but with that said space jam not that great it's see it once definitely see it see it once and it's a good time. Like honestly, if I like showed that movie to my nep- my nephews, they would love it. They'd think it was they really would. fun. Mine, mine would too. So it's like one of those things where you know, colorful stuff, basketball. That's what that's like my my oldest nephew to a T. That's like stuff that he likes, animated stuff and basketball. So it's like, hey, it works out. <laughs> but mm-hmm. with that said, uh, let's get right into our next topic. Something better. <laughs> Rut row is what I put <laughs> in. The, I, I put a very sarcastic. Um, <laughs> I put a very sarcastic uh, uh, show note for this <laughs> um, when I uh, put in the show notes. So please um, understand the fact that I'm being very sarcastic when I say this. No. Don't say this out of con- context. I go rut row Asian American icon Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney because of Premier All Access. For all of you who don't know, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson has like been like an a. She's done a ton of roles that should have technically gone to Asian women, and she's like been like, "There's nothing wrong about it." So like everybody who's like defending her. For being like, you know, she needs her money and yada yada yada. She is still a out of touch actress in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. But still, with that said, um, the story was broke by the um, Wall Street Journal, and um, as I am, I love how like I had all my stuff queued up for the article to read up a interesting tidbit of it, but it is not going. 
according to plan. It's not going part of the plan, in it? Oi. Anyways. <laughs> Let's see. And of course, the Wall Street uh, Journal has decided. Oh, because it wants you to sign in for a membership, doesn't it? Yeah, it wants me to sign in for a membership on my phone. But let's see. Well, you know, screw you, the Wall Street Journal. Nobody likes you guys. I'm just going to inaccurately say what you said. Um, you said um, Disney was a ton of poo-poo heads, and they mm-hmm. suck. And Scarlett Johansson deserves her money. Okay, just uh, okay, just a uh, um, Spark Notes version of what's in the article. Um, basically, Scarlett's um, issue with Disney is that they had agreed um, with their contract for the movie is that it was going to be a exclusively theater uh, theatrical release. She was going to get however much of a percentage from that box office, like depending on how the box office was going. And um, with that, she got 20 million. She got paid 20 million dollars for that. But theoretically, she lost out on 50 million because of the sheer amount of people who um, signed up for Disney, um, Disney Plus all or premiere access. Mm -hmm. So. With that said, even though I don't know the full story, because like a lot of these things have a lot of gray area, and there could be a lot of places where Scarlet's um, like stuff didn't work out, or there could be stuff that where, or there could be things where she's not necessarily telling the truth, and there could be things that Disney is not necessarily telling the truth because now Disney's come out and said that it's very disheartening and, you know, we agreed to this already and yada, yada, yada. So right. both of the, so both of them are theoretically cry, uh, crying wolf at this point. Mm-hmm. So we don't know who's the one who's truly, you know, lying. <laughs> right. So um, it's a very, he said, see, she said kind of thing. But with that said, damn it. These, mm, these, studio should have never done this in the first place this is ridiculous you have to understand how well like like i like i really can't get over it you understand how well fast nine did they should have saw that and should have been like oh this isn't necessary you know what i mean and it's like it's really just these greedy people who understand the long form streaming and how they think that it's going to be profitable for them in the long run for the rest of time and yada 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 this and yada 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 that it's bullshit (laughs) that's really what it is they really just want to bolster their own um streaming Mm -hmm. empire in order to assert dominance over you know the hbo maxes the amazon primes um whatever this is literally just a selfish act and it's honestly going to tank franchises and hell Mm -hmm. it's going to cause people like christopher nolan in in warner brothers case to jump ship you know it's gonna it's gonna alien it's gonna alienate your actors it's gonna alienate your directing talent and your producing talent and it's it's just not a good look disney it is genuinely not a good look i know that like me as a person who loves going to the theaters a lot of people could care less if they can just watch it on the streaming Mm -hmm. service they're fine but the thing is that really takes a special thing away and i hope you guys know that if everything moves to streaming you're not gonna get as good of movies because you're not gonna get as much money into these movies so you have to think of it like that i'm sorry that i i know this is just this is a soapbox that i will die on like it's like guys like last year i was kind of done and i was like okay whatever i don't know if the pandemic's ever going to get better 
in a lot of ways, the vaccine has really shed a light on how things are actually going to get better. And I love that. So I'm Mm -hmm. definitely not in that point of view anymore of just being able to view things on streaming because what's the point? We're in a worldwide pandemic, even though we still are, but we're getting out of it. Hopefully. Hopefully. People get vaccinated. Anyways, Please, <laughs> what do you have to say, Chance? God, get vaccinated. <laughs> what do you have to uh, say? I know I was going on my rant for a while. <laughs> like, I don't know why you thought this would, like, if it's as Scarlet says, and they just, they told her that it wasn't going to happen this way, and then they did, uh, that's super underhanded because, like, her contract structure was predicated on box office success and you undercut the box office success therefore you undercut her so my thought is if you really wanted to do good on scarlett johansson you would have renegotiated that so it's still box office but also there's a cut of every time someone pays 30 dollars for premiere access Mm -hmm. um then everything's cool like she still gets that she still gets a piece every time someone watched it or bought it like i don't understand how you think this wouldn't come back and bite you that way um i i saw a thing that like emma watson uh is possibly weighing her options to do something similar because of uh corella uh like you just take take care of your people and they'll take care of you it doesn't make sense why you do this i wonder I wonder if they thought that like she would just back down and that's why they did it just so. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. And they're for sure. But like, I, I wonder if they were thought the same thing because they're like, Oh yeah, it's a world. That's the excuse that they made. They said that she was callous because of the worldwide pandemic and yada, yada, this yada, yada, that. But it's like, it's still her money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those deals where it's kind of, it's kind of douchey of them to pull that card to be fair, and it's kind of manipulative. And here's the thing, and somebody on TikTok was talking about this, and I fully agree with, I think it was, yeah, her, with her, um, when she says this, I'm trying to, I feel really bad not being able to name drop her because I cannot remember her account to save my life. But she was saying, there is no way in hell that they would pull this shit with Robert Downey Jr. There is no no way. Like, sure, Scarlett Johansson is not as big of a star, obviously, but there is no way that they would let this happen to Robert Downey Jr. Because you know Robert Downey Jr. would sue them and he would win. <laughs> right. Like, you know what makes me think is, um, is this something that happens under Bob Iger? No. Or is this something that happens under... It has to be the Chapek, dude. The Chapek it effect. Be, it has to be the Chapek effect. Everybody warned us. <laughs> Everybody Those warned... Parks nerds were right. Yeah, all the Parks nerds were right when... Uh, like, cause I was like, Hey guys, y'all aren't parks people like chill out. Come on. Like they y'all had... are nerds. You guys go, you guys have money <laughs> and you they... go to Disney parks all the time. They were, they were pointing with their galaxy's edge lightsabers at a big red flag and we just ignored <laughs> them. Dude. And it's so annoying because we used to have the dream team for the longest time in Alan Horn and Bob Chapek. And now Bob Chapek is trying to get some guy who's like super corporate because I was reading Mm -hmm. an article about it, but he's trying to get some guy who's super corporate to do Alan Horn's job. And I'm just worried. Mm -hmm. No, I'm like, Oh God. I'm like, I'm like the guy's literally the head of creative at Disney. Don't get a corporate hack to do this. So I'm, I'm kind of worried about Disney at the moment. Like let creators create like this is, yeah, I am worried about Disney too. I'm worried. 
I hope they can just let Kevin Feige do his thing as as is. It's just like, okay. There's no reason that, not to. You have this money-making machine. Don't fuck with it. Just don't touch it. Just let him do his thing. Um, I guess my thing is, like, with this whole Black Widow thing, is just like, Ike, are you going to do this with Shang-Chi too? Like, are you going to do it with Eternals? With this whole Black like, Widow thing? Yeah, like... Are you going to, like, pull the same thing with streaming? And, like, yeah. Because all these movies, like, like for, the, like, the next two were done, bef- like, were pretty much done before the pandemic was no, started. Sure. So those two probably have pre-pandemic pe- contracts as well. And you have people like Angelina Jolie in Eternals. So you don't want to start trash with her. Mm-hmm. So that makes me think that Eternals might be a streaming or a uh, film release only. And you know what and you said should. about, and it should. The thing is, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand what they have the why these studios have the gall to mm-hmm. be like in September and in October and all this stuff, and act like we are still in the same place that we were last year. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Things are good for Disney right now. Like they've been for like since the Avengers dropped. But like, you got to realize that your throne is not unbreakable. And things can go awry really quickly. Just, at, just look at, just look at Fox with like with the X Men with their movies. Everything they they look like they were pretty like solid foundation of Hollywood, and even like TV and everything else Fox does. They're they're part of you now, and you could just as easily be part of someone else someday. So don't like, I don't know. Don't make enemies. I guess is what I'd say. You know, you don't want to make. <laughs> Granted, Scarlett Johansson's not like the president of the United States. Um, uh, first Asian American woman to be president, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but still, though, like this is like a this can cause a chain reaction to where. You know, people don't want to work with you and your product goes down. Then all of a sudden, the movie making industry and the toys that come along with it, those go down. And then suddenly you're like relying on your theme parks to stay afloat as a company again, like you were in the early two thousands. So it's just, it makes me think like, why take this stupid battle? Why not just give her like, you know, a dollar out of the 30 every time someone buys it on premiere access, you know? No. Yeah. And that's, and the thing is those dollars be adding up. Um, and it's like one of those things where I'm just, I'm just really frustrated with, cause the thing is, I think we're going to be talking about this a lot through this per- particular podcast on how upsetting, um, this new practice is because it's really, yeah. it's, it's really like neat. It's like shooting the kneecaps of your properties mm-hmm. and it's like really hurting them because the thing is like, it's one of those deals like, um, the relationship with Warner Brothers and um, Chris Nolan is done. Done so. Mm-hmm. 100% destroyed because of what they did. And right. now studios like Netflix are even trying to court Nolan to get that. The thing is, this would never be on the table if Christopher, if they if they didn't do that in the first place. And the funny thing is, is if Netflix plays their cards correctly, they can get Nolan. They can get no one. You want to know what they need to do to do that? They need to it's say, hey, theatrical release. hey, exclusive theatrical release. It'll go on Netflix months and months afterwards. Not a month mm-hmm. or two, like months, like six, seven months. 
and then it'll show up uh, like over yeah. there or whatever like that. But anyways, with that said, it's like they wouldn't be having like Christopher Nolan wouldn't be having to leave the studio who he has called the best studio film studio to ever exist. He mm-hmm. would never leave that studio if it weren't for this bull. And it's ridiculous. It's just ugh. Like you simultaneously kill franchise potential, you kill the like any reason to make another movie with these good creators, like why do this? Like I bet like I bet Kate uh who directed Black Kate Shortland. Yeah. Shortland. Mm-hmm. She, I bet she's not happy about that. Like Yeah, no, she's she's definitely not happy about it. It's just like ugh. Like, I know you fired James Gunn already, but you think he'd, like, feel the same way if you did that to Guardians 3? Yeah, and the thing is, is, like, do you really think, like, we're all talking about the whole, like, ooh, is Dune going to get a part two? Do you think Denis even wants to do it after all this BS that's happening with Warner Brothers? It's, like, like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm so sad that, like, the first movie in a long time, probably the first movie that I was so excited for that wasn't, like, a Star Wars or a Marvel movie had to happen during a pandemic like no it's it's crazy it's just very frustrating it's crazy what they're doing with dune like it's honestly it's borderline uh it's 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 stupid it's horrendous and suicidal yeah exactly it's like they're 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 straight up getting in there they're straight they're getting into their plane and they're just barreling it right down in the uh, there it's it's, like they're blowing themselves up here it's like what terrible oh sorry go ahead Oh no 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 no! It's it's fine. I'm just like, ugh! It's it's awful. Like, what streaming numbers do you have to justify of Dune to get a sequel for it? Like, because okay, this hurts the box office. Then, like, what on the streaming for free, mind you, offsets the box office where you can greenlight a sequel? No, for sure. And the thing is, like, do they have those metrics, or they're just saying, well, you know, we just want subs to you know, HB. HBO Max. Yeah, and the thing is, if they and the thing is, if they keep it like that, they damn well better have something to be like, okay, well, it did this well here, um, so maybe some box office stuff that wasn't as ideal, we're gonna ignore and just make a sequel because we mm-hmm. didn't release it in the way it should have been released. Exactly. But yeah, and plus, Legendary yeah. should really be suing Warner Brothers right now. I don't understand why they have. Oh, for God's sake. Well, yeah. yeah, for Godzilla and Kong and for Dune, because the thing mm-hmm. is, they didn't tell them this was happening. No, Legendary financed both of those movies. It's absolutely horrendous what they're doing to Legendary Pictures. But yeah, Legendary yeah. should be just like, hey, look, we're never going to make another movie with you if you do this. So stop. But I don't know. <laughs> but with that rant uh, aside, Suicide Squad is getting some great reviews. So oh, next topic. It. I'm going to read um, one. Okay, so there's two negative reviews at the moment um, on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, we are sitting at a 97%. And to be honest, I don't know Lillian Crawford, but it seems like she doesn't like fun things. Anyways, <laughs> she says, not a single gag lands, and most of them offend. It's James Gunn. It's going to offend you. Anyways. Um, of course it's going to offend. Um, it's a rated R James Gunn movie. It'll offend you. I'm sorry. Have you seen um, Slither? <laughs> like, have you seen mm-hmm. uh, Super? Have you seen, like, yeah. like Any part where Peter Quill opens his mouth for a joke? Yeah. It's like, not a single glag lands. Most of them offend. This might actually be worse than the first one. 
That is a bold statement. That is a very bold statement from Lillian um, Crawford. Hey, who knows, though? I might agree with her. I probably won't, but... (laughs) You know what? I'm sorry. It's just the way that that reads as like, hey, I hate everything. Like, that's honestly the way that that reads. I'm not saying that, like, the movie could be trash. The rest of these people could be crazy. Like, I'm not going to act like... um, Like we know already. Like I know already, even though, like, I... Like I am definitely pre predispositioned to like, um, you know, James Gunn movies because he's great. But anyways, you know what my favorite review that I saw like browsing this earlier was? Yeah, uh, I was from here. Let me see if I can find it again. Oh, it was uh, Charlotte O'Sullivan uh, said an epic that is adorable as it is violent. <laughs> oh, we lo- I I love that description. But like, so King Shark <laughs> adorable. King Shark violence. <laughs> uh from thriller uh esther zuckerman says the suicide squad is a lot of movie that can't always pull um of its biggest boldest ideas but it's not the rehash that the title implies so middling one there um yeah. and then Ro- um brian talakuro from um roger ebert.com only the man who wrote tromeo and juliet could just um <laughs> <laughs> could deliver something i forgot i always forget about that could deliver something this gleefully grotesque vicious and unapologetic the dc universe is all the better for it <laughs> uh here's and, one from yeah oh, sorry up? go ahead no you go uh, from uh, katie rife of the av club this sounds like someone who has seen slither she says in many ways the gleefully profane anything goes mayhem of the suicide squad Feels like a mega budget version of the Trauma Studios productions that gave Gunn his start, and thank goodness for that. Dude, Katie knows what's up. She's like seeing her picture there too. She seems like a nerd who would have watched those Trauma Studios movies and everything <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, Rosie Knight from Nerdist. Um, I really, I think I've read some of her stuff on Nerdist before. Uh, very good stuff anyways uh the suicide squad might be the kindest superhero film ever made sure it's about criminals forced into life-threatening missions at a promise of freedom and the threat of death but under that ultra violence lies something far sweeter that's that's adorable that's that's adorable so with that said gosh what do you think chance what do you think about all these crazy good reviews and some you know middling reviews and some like or two really bad ones but yeah what's up what do you think about that? Uh, I think James Gunn gets a resounding I told you so to Disney, even though he's already been hired back like a year and a half ago. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, everyone's just like, yeah, uh, this was a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit that everyone imagined as far as I can tell from these reviews. Um, it makes me super excited to see it. Uh, just like a Guardians movie with the rated R, like that makes me so excited. It makes me so excited to see bringing up John Cena again. It makes me so excited to see what they do with John Cena. I'm excited um, for the um John for the Peacemaker show that's going on HBO Max. That's going to be yes. fun too. See, things that are good for HBO Max. TV that shows. shows. Anyway. Exactly. Um no, I am through the roof pumped to see this. Like I can't think of a superhero movie that's gotten this high except maybe Spider-Verse. Like, that's the only one I could think of. No, and for sure. That was Armand White's fault that it wasn't at all. <laughs> Dude, Armand, Armand White was like, what? Too many too many black people. I hate this. What? It's just funny because isn't he black? Yes, Armand, Armand White is black. 
It's like the annoying thing about him as a reviewer is he always plays the opposite side. Like whenever there's like a more conservative movie, he flips it around and says, it's too conservative. And then he, whenever it's more liberal, he flips it around and goes, it's too liberal. I think he's just a contrarian in nature. So he wants to be that guy who causes mm-hmm. something to be 99% as opposed to 100%. You know what I mean? It's right. just it, it, it's just him and bleh. You think there's a movie that he like genuinely super liked that everyone else also liked a lot, and he's just like, "That's the Thanos." I'm sorry, little one. No, usually, <laughs> it's movies that everybody hates that he likes, which is so annoying. He's insufferable mm-hmm. about that. He probably he's like the oh goodness. He's like the Clarence Thomas of movie reviewers. <laughs> that, that, that that's funny. For those who don't know, Clarence Thomas is the uh, conservative black judge on the supreme court who does things that you would not expect uh, to do as a black man but i'm through explaining jokes for uh, the non-political people um i'd say yeah i'd say that uh this look this is incredible like we see this movie in like a week from now like i'm so pumped uh i <sighs> And it makes me so pumped for this, and it makes me so pumped to see what Guardians Three has in store for us. Like, I'm very excited that he got a second chance. Uh, well, he got like a redemption arc from DC and a second chance from Disney, so it makes me so happy to see. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, like it's 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 really good because it's good because of um, just like the, how much he's gone through, and like th- the fact that DC gave him the chance they wanted to give him superman they wanted to give him whatever james gunn wanted and he chose to do something that was in his wheelhouse egregiously which is the suicide squad so like i'm just so happy to see that and i'm so excited to see what he does with it like it's gonna be really fun we're seeing an imax next week i'm just super stoked for it so yeah yeah, I mean, that's all we really can say about it until we see it and we can see how right or super right these reviews are. Yeah, so right or wrong or super wrong or super right, you know. Yeah. yeah incredibly but... correct. <laughs> Calling it now. But, um, yeah. Um, anything else you have to say about Suicide Squad before we get into Dune? Um, James Gunn says get vaccinated. Anyway. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, James Gunn. I don't know if James Gunn says that, but I'm sure he does. I'm I'm just channeling. I I asked I asked the spirits, and the spirits said James Gunn is not an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> okay, With spirits, don't ask me. <laughs> okay, so Dune, 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 Dune. So trailer the, number two. So Dune trailer number two came out, and oh my god, this trailer was this trailer will be a trailer that far after I've watched the movie Dune. I will occasionally think about this trailer and randomly watch it for no reason, just because it was such a good trailer. Thank um, you for changing my life. I'm literally just a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> meme. We love the meme format, Chance. We love it. Uh, but uh, the Dune trailer was really, really good. It was. Um, it just showed. It showed just enough for to get book readers to you know raise their eyebrows and it showed just enough for people who don't who haven't read the books um enough really cool shots of action and really interesting like it's almost like the trailer had its own story going on and you're like ooh, what's happening here and Mm -hmm. 
it's crazy because a lot of people who um aren't familiar with dune are probably like wow this seems like kind of like game of thrones in space i'm like no um game of thrones is dune in um medieval in a medieval fantasy and medieval Mm -hmm. high fantasy (laughs) you know sure one has dragon you know if like i describe the there's dragons but instead of dragons there's a giant sandworm that can kill you very easily Mm mm-hmm but it's just the performances were really good. And um, I know Chance and I talked about this earlier. I don't know if it was on air or just us talking, but we noticed that the dialogue seems a little quippier than the book, yes, it is. which is good because um, the mm-hmm. book can get kind of dry and very heavy <sighs> yes. in the metaphor as far as the mm-hmm. dialogue goes and very self-serious. And I think that's a part of the reason why David Lynch's Dune um, suffered so much because they really delved mm-hmm. into that shit. But um, hearing Duncan Idaho like, He's saying, "Hey, you built some muscle to Paul," and he's and Paul's like, "What? I have?" He's like, "No, you haven't." Or he's like, <laughs> "No." He's like, "No, no." <laughs> but uh, it's just I haven't even talked about it. But the scale of these shots and how um, Hans Zimmer's score goes in there, and how just strong and powerful, and how this is a movie that makes me think about the movies that made me want to talk about movies and write about movies and do what I'm doing right now. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I saw inception and it changed my life. I saw um, like the Lord of the Rings and it changed my life um, in the way that I view entertainment. And I'm seeing this trailer for Dune and I'm like, damn it. I'm pretty sure this is going to be another one of those movies. So chance, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I agree in more Corey. Um, uh- the dialogue is like a lot more fun. Like um, just with like that part with Gurney where he's just like, um, <laughs> he's like Gurney smile. He's like, I am smiling. It's like Thanos is like, I am yeah. smiling. <laughs> Thanos is the, Thanos is the trainer of the, uh, the protagonist. Um, like I liked how they, uh, those um, like they're the, the little, they have little in the Dune universe, they have little personal shields. Uh, that like look a certain way and they look so cool. Uh, I think we got a shot of one of those. Like it's not, I can't remember what the shield was called. Like there's still suits and there's the shield, like the body shield. That, no, like, for sure. Attract the sandworms. Sorry for that. Uh, way deep dive. It's not even deep dive into the lore. That's like, that's like very shallow lore for Dune. Um, like you've got, <clears throat> You get like the dream sequence of Paul where he like dreams like this is like the very beginning of the book where he has a dream of Dune or dream of Arrakis. Mm-hmm. Um, Arrakis like and that... Dune are the same thing, by the way, for right. y'all. Yeah. Uh, Arrakis is the planet that is Dune. So mm-hmm. we might use that um, interchangeably for all of y'all who do not know. So, yeah, like yeah. Dune is like the like the sl- like the slang for Arrakis. They just call it Dune. Um, But... I just think that the this movie's gonna be like I'm gonna be like if this movie isn't as good as I I think like I'm teeing myself up to be either really impressed or super disappointed for how long I've been waiting for this movie to come out. Um, no, for sure. I think like Zendaya's like you see a lot more of like the blue on blue eyes of the Freeman a lot more like you see their eyes. Uh, you also see like a big battle scene which I think. If I remember correctly, okay, there's like in the book, there's like a couple of battle scenes. And I think the battle scene that we're getting is like around the halfway point of the book. So we might have seen some of the climax of this movie because it's apparently only the first half of the original Dune. Uh, Like, I think those are 
Were those the suits of like Harkonnen uh, soldiers? Um, the suits at the end of the trailer. Yeah, like no, the Power the, Ranger looking one. The Power Ranger one that um uh Paul is in. That's the suit that I believe that's the suit of when he is full Moadib, um, like leading his. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think, like, cause um I'm trying to think of where it is, cause I haven't finished the book yet. I'm not quite. Well, I know you have. Yeah, I haven't quite finished it yet, but I'm pretty sure that is definitely a um vision. Like I think that whole right. entire ending sequence oh, like, yeah, you... is a vision um, okay. that Paul yeah, yeah, is right, having. That's right. And, you might be right. Actually, um, I think we're not going to get that full scene in its fruition until hopefully we get Dune Part Two, a sequel. Yeah, so that's like yeah. that's the climax of the book because you see he has the blue on blue eyes. You see mm-hmm. he um, is fighting and he seems like he is full full Moadib mode, which is. Um, you know, Paul still. Yeah. But it's like, uh, cause the empire that they're fighting is like a, they have like legions and legions of like these trained, like death soldier. Combatants. Yeah. The Sardaukar. The Sardaukar. Yeah. Like, so like it's, cause I wondered if that was a Sardaukar armor that he was wearing, but I wasn't sure. But I think the ones that he was fighting was the Sardaukar armor. Cause we saw the okay. Sardaukar armor. Cause I don't think those guys with the paint, with the like bl- I think it was red paint that was getting painted on their foreheads at the point of the trailer. Those are mm-hmm. Sardaukars. I don't think those okay. are Harkonnens. Um, okay. But I could be wrong. Like I could just be like completely interpreting what the trailer was going through wrong. But and the thing is, the reason why it's a little confusing, and the reason why this you guys are so much, yeah, because the thing, <laughs> like I don't want you guys, what y'all to be like, oh wow, Dune seems confusing. I'm not gonna watch it. Please watch it. But Please. um, it's one of those things where um, there are points of the story when Harkonnen soldiers are wearing Sardaukar so, um, um, armor in order to trick people, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of Game of Thrones esque even though it is technically Dune-esque, kind of um, deception. There are houses, and there's political intrigue. And that's another thing that I had to say about this trailer, is that it really sets up the political intrigue extremely well, Mm -hmm. because it's like, what's the deal with Paul? He's having these visions. And then there's this enemy house called House Harkonnen. And um, at one point, Gurney says, um, you've never met Harkonnens. They're not human. They're brutal. And you're like, Mm -hmm. what's going on here? And then they're like, why do the Harkonnens dislike, um, why do the Harkonnens dislike the Atreides? And why is it a little arbitrary that the Harkonnens and the Atreides um, don't like each other? Because there's some things that happen and there's some revelations that happen throughout the book that will wow you and be like, wow, this is really, really crazy and really good. Yeah. Like throughout the empire, there's like these families, just like in Game of Thrones. Like there's these big families that control a lot of things, and like political intrigue. Like I think, I think a lot of people hopefully realize what Dune inspired. Like a lot of what came after Dune is very similar to Dune. Mm-hmm. Like, like I I hope people see like some of the Star Wars stuff very similar. I hope they see like the Game of Thrones similarities. Of, no, for sure, because. Like, I don't know. I just think credit where credit's due to Frank Herbert and, you know, what he created, you know, almost probably over 50 years ago now. Uh, you know, it's like, like, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie and tell you it's not complicated because it is. But I think if, you know, you didn't know every person's name in Lord of the Rings, like you didn't know, uh, you know, 
you didn't know who like uh you didn't know pippin's name like yeah. you know halfway through it that's okay you know like no, enjoy sure. it <laughs> well i mean uh i mean like you didn't remember what the tree's name was that's fine it was Treebeard, i believe <laughs> <laughs> no like and that's the cool thing about it because like if you've seen game of thrones think of paul as like paul atreides is very um similar to bran and like the cool brand yeah cool brand cool brand and um the other cool thing about it too is like think about the dothraki they're so familiar they're so mm-hmm. um they're the same as the fremen and everything like that in dune and it's just like you see those through lines and you're like wow dune really did um inspire all this but at the same time it's not one of those things where it's like oh it inspired all of these things things and now it's just so like, eh, it's okay though. Cause those other things expanded on those properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dune uh, has a lot more to say about the chosen one kind mm-hmm. of mythos than um, Star Wars does or any other property does, in my opinion, as far as that kind of stuff goes. And it is extremely interesting how they deal with it because you think a lot of things are going to go the way you think mm-hmm. you expect them to, but they don't. And exactly. it's very interesting in those regards. So there's a lot of like heavy themes of destiny that you're seeing throughout this trailer. And I just think I'm just so, or I'm just so excited to see what they do. Cause Denis Villeneuve, uh, he's one of those guys who I don't know if he's ever made a bad movie in my opinion. And even if there are aspects of Dune that I dislike, I don't think that I think that Denny is the perfect person. Cause apparently he's also obsessed with Dune. Um, and you can kind perfect. of tell just by the way it's shot and the mm-hmm. stuff you're seeing in these trailers, you're like, yeah, this guy, this guy's a Dune head. <laughs> he definitely mm-hmm. is <laughs> like, uh, like even like the the opening of the trailer with Zendaya's Chani just like just like the sands of Iraq uh, you know Arrakis is beautiful like when the sun's going down and like like you see the sand in the air or the, uh, the spice. spice in the air I'm just like damn I I need this movie like now please and I just think it's really interesting and we're I'll probably get into this now and how apparently um, Chani is taking um, Princess Irulan's, uh uh basically narration role Mm -hmm. yeah throughout the beginning because in the throughout because in the beginning of each chapter you have like a little brief from the the princess of the empire uh just kind of like it's like a little paragraph long it it talks about paul but it doesn't really say paul but that's kind of a spoiler so i won't go into that but um no it's like uh i actually wonder how we probably won't even see the princess in this movie just because of how far it gets in the book uh, in the movie. Um, She's not even, yeah, she's She's not even casted. So it's like, the thing is we're not going to see her and we're not going to see fade um, either. And the thing is at first I was a little bit bummed that we weren't going to see fade, see fade Rafa because Mm -hmm. like it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, like we don't get to see like, you know, the heir to the Harkonnen empire and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, is that he really is only in that first little chapter of the, or the second chapter of the book in that first half. Yeah. They, yeah. And like, then like, Denis prob- a lot more in the back half. Yeah. Denis was probably like, yeah, 
we don't need him to be here. We have a, too many moving parts, and that's probably right. a pacing thing that he, pacing decision that he made, and that's probably a good decision. But with that said, um, the folks over at Slash Film saw thirty five minutes of Dune, and um, they um, said, okay, they said, um, let me see who, wrote, okay, Vanessa Armstrong uh, from uh, Slash Film was talking about it. She wrote about it, and she said. Um, seeing um, part of Dune and the big screen made my mass-covered jaw drop. It's a spectacle, an epic and immersive experience that shook my bones. Read for the detailed 30 minutes of the IMAX Duneness. And basically, um, I'm not going to get too much into it, but she talks, because I don't really want to spoil anything in those first 35 minutes. Um, even though mm-hmm. the thing is, I kind of know, like with reading the book, already right. know stuff that happens. But um, the title card reads Dune Part One. And, you know, hopefully we get that part two. And uh, Zendaya's character um, basically sets up with um, talking about like what we got in the trailer. It's like, like my, my, like my planet Arrakis is beautiful when you see the spice in the air. Or when you see the way the sun sets on it, and you see the spice in the air, she talks about how the spice is um, a way that like interstellar tra- um, travel um, happens, and like all of these different things there mm-hmm. for you. And she talks about how the um, evil Harkonnens have ravaged her people and have sucked up the resources in their land. And Dune is very much a ecological kind of story, and you'll mm-hmm. get to see. Um, the uh, Liet Kynes is a character in the book, and uh, it's gender bent in the movie. But yeah. Liet is um Zen- Zendaya's um is Zendaya's father in the book, and I'm guessing it's gonna be her mother. And yeah, the, her mom. I was, I'm assuming. Yeah, we're assuming. We don't know what kind of um liberties they're gonna do, but when you see her end goal. For Dune, you'll understand a lot of the themes that mm-hmm. um, that's about, and it's just one of those things where it's very interesting to kind of see what they're getting at. And if enough of you have like read Dune or want us to have like a full spoiler breakdown for all this, I'm sure Chance and I would be more than happy to talk full spoilers yes. about this because I even let a few slip <laughs> to be completely honest. Whoops. But the thing is here's the deal my spoiler that i let slip out is so vague or not vague but it's so random that you'll only understand it when you're watching maybe dune part two and you're like oh Corey mm-hmm. said that <laughs> uh... but uh they also go into talking about the score from uh han zimmer which fun fact he actually did not do the score for tenet because he wanted to do the score and for dune so bad and said um Chris is down bad. Chris Nolan. <laughs> and uh, it says, uh, they, Vanessa says, the alienness um, is only brought home by the landscape that's consuming by the score. The IMAX event also had a tet, a tet um, between Villeneuve and composer um, Hans Zimmer. The two talk about their love of Dune and how they approached creating the music of the film. You won't hear a string quartet in the movie. The score is filled of odd sounds that Zimmer reveals are human voices augmented 
um, to sound eerie and otherworldly, which is so cool because like they released those first two tracks and they're just so mm-hmm. like they're so um, just like rough and uh, even though he they were using some stringed instruments, but they weren't using them in the like normal mm-hmm. way they use them as drums basically where they're doing the like low yeah. um humming drum noise um by mm-hmm. sustaining get the go get those music nerds out there by sustaining like lower um octaves and intervals there for you kind of creating an overtone and all that stuff gosh i got re- yeah, i got like really you've... sweaty with um music um stuff there for a, for a moment there but yeah <laughs> well like this is almost exactly what i expected because like they picked a pink floyd song as the first trailer and like the pink Floyd sounded like super ethereal and like yep. cool. And I'm just like, Oh man, this score is going to be so cool. And uh, for those first two tracks are amazing. If you haven't, they're on Spotify. If you want to give them a listen, cause I, I listened to them both immediately when Corey sent me the link. Oh yeah, exactly. It's like, you have to, you, you, you that's, that's just what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those deals where, um it looks so good and apparently they saw some uh sandworm stuff too and the scale was just horrendously like crazy where the sandworms looked huge the humans were tiny and it was just a grand old time at the theater and oh goodness but yeah can't wait october can't come like october can't come soon enough I am so excited to have a full spoiler talk about Dune because it'll be so much fun to talk about. And, like, guys and gals, I know we're a very small um, side of the internet, but um, with that said, y'all really need to watch Dune. Um, It's a a very special property, and um, if um, you don't, I just will end the podcast. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but we're we're done if there's no Dune 2 to talk about. But it's like, because if we get Dune 2, it's like, I don't even like, obviously, I haven't read Dune Messiah or anything like that. But if we don't get Dune Messiah, I'll be fine. All I want, all I really want is them to at least finish Dune. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where, um, I really hope that this film does well and it doesn't fall into the trappings that, you know, you know, Black Widow kind of even is because of the way it's been rolled out. You know what I mean? And so it's just, ugh. but any, any other final thoughts on Dune, my guy? Um, I guess my final thoughts would be, please go see it. I'm begging you. Um, I'd almost say that like. If you're intimidated, like read the, just read like a spark notes of the book and see if it's interesting to you. Like you don't, like, I, don't I know, even, like, like, I don't like even know could... if I recommend that though. Cause it's just, it is a really good story. And the thing is it could be adapted to screen to make it more accessible to you, but continue on chance. Sorry. I was going to say just like, um, you know, if like I don't know, just like you have a friend who's read it or just something, because like my stepbrother Justin is actually the one who recommended the book to me when he found out a movie was being made, and I was just like, yeah, I heard about the movie, but um, you know, I was just like, all right, uh, and then Corey, when you got excited that Denis was making it, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna read this book because this sounds awesome, and I want to be up to speed when the movie comes out. You no, know what I mean? For sure. 
like being up to speed is very very important and it's one of those things where you really have to like get into the book and like be able to basically form a like kind of cohesive way of getting in there and i don't know it's just that like dune's important because it's like the reason why we have star wars it's the reason why we have game of thrones and even though it's one of those like even though it's like the skeleton of those series it's like the like foundation of those series it has a lot to offer and it is a really cool coming of age story and it's a really cool just like it it's just really rad like i'm super excited for it i like gosh i just can't get over how excited i am for this film and it's um just extremely special but i think i might actually um get a little more into um just some of the like before we get into our last topic i think we might um get a little more into this for you is that like another cool thing is that there is a moment in the trailer where like uh they're like delegating for the empire and like there's just like a huge atreides ship with all of the costumes and all of that and that's like where you're seeing that like kind of um lord of the rings levels of scale and everything like that so it like that's the stuff that i'm excited for and yeah so yeah yeah you know it's funny i think like lord of the rings is the only franchise that was written before dune that's still popular yeah, today exactly <laughs> like so the only one you're not going to see parallels is probably lord of the rings but i mean i'm sure you'll just see the epicness between like the film franchises mm-hmm. and like no i man like you my heart sank so far when this movie got pushed from last december to this october yeah it was it was straight garbage it was definitely the right decision as far as it would be a better decision if they decided to completely put a theatrical release because that's what we all assumed yeah it's it's not too late to take it off of mx it is not the thing is the cool thing about that is that like for a month, I guess I'll be able to just watch Dune whenever I want, even though I'm right. probably going to watch it multiple times in theaters because of how adamant I am mm-hmm. about this. You know what I mean? So like it's yeah. instead of recording the podcast weekly, me and Corey might just go see the movie. Yes, weekly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with that said, is there any other final thoughts you have on Dune chance? Please go yes, see please it. Go see it. Um, it's gonna be a good one, and it, like the thing is, I understand that you guys are, uh, you guys are probably like, why are they like telling us to just, you know, do all this and watch all this? But hey, trust me, I think y'all will enjoy it. Because uh, we think you'll have a good time. That's so, why. Yeah, but with that said, we have our final kind of blurb topic. Little wrap. Spider Man, no trailers, home. I guess. <laughs> So yeah, like the Spider-Man No Way Home hasn't had a trailer yet. And Chance, you're going to talk about why you think that's a big deal or why you think it's a okay deal. I'm going to talk about how I don't necessarily think it's that big of a deal. But hey, let's go ahead and battle it out. See, I don't think it's a big deal yet. It's getting 
but I think it's rapidly approaching the point of big deal. Like we're pa almost past the point of no return of it being big deal, but it's not there yet. We're still in July for like a day and a half. Uh, I guess my, this kind of came for me cause I see a lot of people on TikTok panicking about it. Like I've seen straw hat goofy panic about it. I've seen TikTok people can't panic about everything they do. Oh yeah, that's true. I love uh, Straw Hat Goofy. Because, Straw like, Hat I, Goofy, go on the podcast, please. I fucking love that dude. He is he is my he so is my cool. guy on TikTok. Every time his videos pop up, I'm like, oop, I'm in for a good one. We love Straw Hat Goofy, and I'm so glad that he's getting recognized for the work that he's doing by Disney and by mm -hmm. like Warner Brothers, and he's getting invited to screenings now. Super excited about his career. That's, that's he's cool. doing a great job. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Um, Anyway, so like I'm just like there are like a lot of them are like worried about this trailer. I'm just like, okay, I can see it because usually, like, from past we've had Marvel trailers before. But I want to say this: this is a Sony movie, not a Marvel movie. So they put out trailers whenever. And granted, Sony likes to put out their trailers a lot sooner than Marvel proper usually does. Like, we had a more like we had the Morbius trailer like like its original release date, like at least seven months before it was supposed to come out originally. Um, I would say this, cause like, I remember we got the first Captain Marvel trailer in August before the movie came out in March. So that was like, Oh, what would that have been? That would have been a seven month gap. So we're definitely getting there, but I think, I think we just need to, I don't know. I'm a little worried, but not as much as like I've perceived the rest of the internet to be worried. But like, I think we just need to calm down. All right. Like that's, that's my soapbox is calm down. We'll get it. Like, I think a lot of people are worried either a, it's not going to be what they expected. And they think, Oh, we gotta, we gotta mm -hmm. like scrap this trailer or something or B they think it's going to get delayed. So that's just, I wanted to throw it out there. Just like, calm down. We're going to get the movie relax you know my, my whole thing is i think that it's the marketing beast that is doing like this marvel um this marvel mcu kind of back half is extremely um top heavy as far as the end of this month oh um end of this year is going and i think they're really i, I completely really forgot. think that they're trying to and that's what i was kind of alluding to to our conversation before we got on um mm -hmm. before we started recording um, that's the reason why I don't think we have a trailer yet. And that's the reason why I think it's completely reasonable for us to not have one. Think about it. We have Shang-Chi coming mm -hmm. out. We have the Eternals coming out. Um, we have um, Hawkeye coming out. Hawkeye's actually going to be coming out when, um, uh, by the way, like yeah, by the way, um, uh, November 24th, I believe is when Hawkeye's coming out. Yeah. 24th is when Hawkeye uh, comes so out. So it's like, so it's going to be coming out while that show is, releasing and then we, we have shang chi the we have the eternals we have all these different marvel properties and all of these different properties in general coming out so they're kind of wanting and you want to know the, something Corey? a lot of people are speculating because a lot of people like a lot of movers and shakers have said miss marvel is coming out in 2021 yeah and a lot of people think a lot of people are trying to connect the dots because you have shang chi in november in september uh which they will have concurrent with Marvel's What If, mm -hmm. and then you have Eternals in November, and then Hawkeye in November. So a lot of people are starting to wonder if Miss Marvel will come out late October, early November, mm -hmm. or so that's or, even more stacks and, to this 
stack of pancakes. Yeah, and the here. thing is, it doesn't necessarily make sense for uh, Miss Marvel to come out in December then, because that'll cut into um, Hawkeye's territory. So, if anything, if right. anything's gonna get um, pushed, it's probably gonna be Miss Marvel, which doesn't make as much sense to me because it got shot first. But it's it's whatever. It, it is what it is. You don't know what kind of stuff they had to deal with. It just it's. It makes yeah. me wonder how how often we're going to get an episode of What If, because if they do once a week, that's like 22 episodes. That's almost half a year. Yeah, but is the first season so, going to be one for every Marvel movie? I thought that's what they said, but like, I, I didn't quite like, remember, like I, honestly. Like, I know that there is going to be one for every Marvel movie, but I didn't know if that was over the course of multiple seasons or just one season. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. I've always I've kind of wondered about that. It's but that's easily um, information that we could receive. But that's kind of what I thought about that. So yeah. Oh, according, it's okay. only ten. So never mind. But I am I'm excited for this. Um, do you know how long those episodes are, Chance? Um, let me see if IMDb has the answer. No, wait. It's do, like do, knowing do, Disney do. Plus and everything like that. They never really have a set kind of one for you know episodes and everything like that but uh you know yeah you know you know what i mean i mean if i had to guess 30 minutes a half an hour or maybe 25 minutes because i don't know because thinking about bad batch they're like usually 25 to half an hour but then again that's a whole different beast with star wars so who knows I mean, honest to God, like if you're like breaking down a whole movie in animated form, it could be even longer than that. But I don't know. Granted, now IMDb knows nothing on the length <laughs> of the episodes. Yes, thanks like, IMDb. Good old IMDb. But the thing is, is that with with that said, I um I think that the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, I think it's gonna come out. I think it's gonna come out soon-ish. But I would expect it, um, like. I understand August seems a little crazy for it not to be have a trailer for it yet. If it doesn't go through August, I wouldn't say freak out. I would say last week of August or first week of September is when we're going to be getting this trailer because then we're going to be going up for that Shang-Chi stuff. And so they're going to be heavily marketing it there because those trailers are going to go behind Shang-Chi. So Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely the way they're going for it because they're not trying to oversaturate things. That's actually a good idea. Uh, Shang-Chi had a trailer earlier because it's an unknown entity. Um, same with Eternals. The thing is... It, it was done filming way mm-hmm. long ago. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we even have a trailer for Spider-Man. It's going to make a billion dollars. Um, so it's like one of those mm-hmm. things where it, like, there is, like, it, it, it straight up does not matter. Uh, it's just, it's one of those deals where, um, it's such a reputable name. It is literally Sony's most popular franchise. So they just have the word Spider-Man and people are going to show up. So that's kind of the reason (laughs) why I don't necessarily think it's that huge of a deal, but yeah. Anything else to close out the podcast chance? Uh no, I I was gonna mention the Hawkeye thing, but we already did. So, yeah, Hawkeye's coming in. That Hawkeye's gonna be your November yeah. fix for since Mandalorian won't be in November. Yeah, and then this we're time. gonna get Book of Boba Fett at Sad. the beginning of the year next year, and yeah, oh, we're gonna see right. that, yes. and then we're probably gonna see Mandalorian season three either late next year or early twenty twenty three is what I'm kind of guessing. So mm-hmm. yeah, 
our boy Din. Uh, yeah, is but back I, I, yes. soon. I'm 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 excited for all the Star Wars properties coming out. Like even though it's a bummer that we're not getting the Mandalorian as soon as we'd like, we're still getting the Book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be so dope. And Robert Rodriguez is helping yes. out with it. Homeboy, who even though extra- Extraction was very average, the action was not. Um, the guy who directed Extraction is doing some episodes for it, and I. I honestly think it's just going to be like however many episodes of the series is just going to be like that Boba Fett episode. It's just going to be that badass and that mm-hmm. amazing. So I'm just super excited ass. for that. He's going to bust someone like a, like he even still has his like melee weapon. <laughs> what was that? Just like cracking skulls. Just like, yeah, but, but uh, good for tomorrow. Morrison, yes, by the very way. good for him. But you know, with that down and out, thank you all for listening um you know always appreciate that y'all listen to the show please watch dune we love you box office bros out thank you for listening to box office bros oh gee thanks dad you can listen to the podcast on anchor spotify apple podcasts and stitcher podcasts are great radio's boring have a great day and see you next time if i'm not back in five minutes just wait longer and now for my next impression Jesse Owens. Peace out. Later, Tater. End of story. Bye-bye. See you later.